0: Who's next podcast? Who's next? Who's next? That was beautiful. A next podcast. Test, one, two Testing, testing, one, two Alright Who's next podcast? This is gonna be a solo episode I've done one or two of these before But not really preferable I do have some guests coming up soon And uh, from what it sounds like Mr. Kevin should be coming back Uh, and Not too long so those things are definitely good, good news uh, And if anybody's wondering, yes, Kev is okay I believe he's just got an internet starting to come back But it's kind of shoddy uh, And are still working on power lines and all that kind of stuff So we'll do have some guests to fill some of the void While he gets himself situated um, so Yes, all good wishes for him And if anybody's concerned, eh, you don't need to be He's in fine and good health. I believe he's back on his Discord channel as well. Sir Kalo. Oh, it was his Twitch stream, so you can always look him up there. Of course, he's not going to be doing anything in the current, but he will be soon. I'm uh, fairly positive of it. Pretty sure. Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? But... Um, so, today, I'm going to be doing this solo, as I said before, and uh, we're going to Try and talk a little bit about uh, music in gaming. I figured since I'll be solo, then, you know, we might be able to do a little action noise or whatever so that we can uh, get that going. Oops, that is not working the way I wanted it to. Why is that coming out of there when it should come out of here? Okay. Ah, there we go. What happened. Alright, turn that down a little bit. Yeah, well game music, everybody knows what this one is. And if you don't, well, you should. If you listen to this podcast, you should. So um, we're going to kind of mess around, talk a little bit about music and gaming and stuff like that and kind of see where that brings me. But before that, as we always like to do, I do want to chop it up a bit about some of the things out there, and I don't have much as way of news stories, and this episode itself will probably be a short one, I'm just speaking out of my ass about whatever the fuck I want to talk about, but then again, I just do that with a partner when I do a podcast episode with someone, so we're going to talk a little bit about some of the recent rumors here on Konami, so I've heard a couple conflicting things, um, (sighs) this... exciting interesting um but also could just be a giant letdown if it is not handled properly um they're looking to bring back i think the castlevania series metal gear series and silent hill series is stuff i've heard Hideo jima's name has been thrown around as being involved with potentially the silent hill series as well as the metal gear series Uh, The one in particular I've heard is Metal Gear Solid 3 is looking to have a remake. Which, (sighs) Metal Gear Solid 3 is probably one of the best Metal Gear Solid games. But if you're going to remake, well, Metal Gear Solid 3 is also kind of a prequel. So you do get to play as Big Boss. You get more of an understanding of Big Boss. If you were to remake Metal Gear Solid 1... You're starting with Solid Snake, and you're hearing stories about Big Boss and things like that. But even still, the stuff that happens in 3 doesn't bear much to the story at all until 2, until you find out about the Patriots and stuff like that. So, for me, I, I would have... And this is just rumors, so who knows. And they're also saying that Hideo Kojima is going to not actually helm the project, but... Advise on the project. Okay. I would more like to see either a remake of Metal Gear Solid. Or. Do the Metal Gear. Games. Recently. I just beat Metal Gear. A few months back. And I believe I talked about it in an earlier episode of this podcast. Now as far as story goes. Yeah it's very bare bones. I mean it was. What the NES era type. Games like it's. You, you you deal with fighting, you fight Big Boss in it, actually. He, he ends up being, like, the bad guy in, like, a twist. So, but there's not really much in the way of story. You go there, you find out that, you know, Big Boss wants you to infiltrate this place to find some scientists. They're working on some kind of Metal Gear thing. And it all is some kind of, like, trick thing for, I think, Big Boss to, to be honest, I don't even remember exactly what was the purpose of the mission. I mean, like, I get, like, to save this uh, scientist and all this kind of stuff and the research stuff, but, like, Big Boss was the one heading the mission, and he turns up turning against you at some point. And, like, the whole game, he's like, oh, yeah, Snake, I forgot to tell you, you might need this for this room. Oh, gee whiz, Snake, yeah, I forgot about this. So, like, and he's, like, kind of sabotaging the mission the whole time. So, um, that being remade, I think, would be much more interesting. Because you can kind of expand on the story, and it could be a remake, but at the same time be like a new game, in a sense. But maybe the studio they have in mind might not want to do that, which I don't believe is supposed to be Bluepoint. Bluepoint was just purchased by Sony, and the rumors are that their first game under Sony's umbrella here, as far as being like owned by them... It's supposed to be an original game, or like a new game. They're not doing a remake. A lot of people thought, well, when they buy Bluepoint, yeah, they're just going to like remake cool shit, and that would have been cool. Honestly, PlayStation has a well of awesome classics that really could use some love in a remake. I'm playing through Silent Hill 2 right now, and I will tell you, it could use some love as a remake, <laughs> because there is some kind of funky shit with that game. Good game. I still say it's still a good game. Uh, I could see the love for it that people have. But going back to it... And I beat it when I was like a teenager. But going back to it as far as the mechanics and stuff of it... Are definitely rough. And some of the boss fights are kind of like... You know... I don't want to say uninspired. But it it almost feels that way. There There was a boss fight with Pyramid Head. It's one of the first ones in the apartment complex that you do. And you really just run around and have to survive until the the siren goes off and it's kind of a long time. And um I can understand where it's like, well, you can't really kill them and you could dump ammo into them and that helps slow them down, so it could be like a um it could play a factor in messing with your inventory for like the survival horror aspects of it. So it's I, so I don't know if it's completely uninspired, but it just was Felt lame. Like literally, you can cheese him to where you could just walk up to him and he does an overhead sword attack, and you walk up to him to trigger the attack. Walk backwards, the attack comes down and it just misses you, and you keep just walking back and forth the whole time until the siren goes off. And it goes. It takes a long time to go off, and I don't think you can shorten it by shooting him because I actually did unload a few bullets into him just to see like if that helps at all, and I don't feel like it so a a remake of something like a silent hill 2 i think would be fantastic especially if it gets the treatment like resident evil 2 remake did which was fan-fucking-tastic and it deviated from what the original was a bit but still held the core principles of the original game so suffice to say remakes of this stuff that konami's doing i think is good because they have been silent and not really doing they were such a big force in gaming in the 90s and 2000s and now they just kind of fell off the map the last thing i remember them fucking with was metal gear survive and that shit was terrible um so it would be it would be good to see what they they do with this moving forward uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 I don't think is necessarily a bad choice to start as a remake if you want to get back into the Metal Gear games but I I think it would have been much better to do either the Metal Gear Solid or do the Metal Gear Metal Gear S- Solid 3 is definitely I think also too if you went the other route like I'm saying you stand less chance for criticism uh, if you're going after the what I would I would say a lot of Excuse me. A lot of Metal Gear fans consider like a masterpiece, and that's gonna be the the big project you're gonna do first. I would maybe fuck with the the Metal Gear games and like see if you can't nail that pretty good, and then tackle a remake of something like Metal Gear Solid Three. Uh, so I don't know. That that would be my consideration, but it's it's interesting nonetheless. Um, so we've got the Blue Point being purchased by Sony, which I weaved into the discussion about remakes and that. Woohoo! Um, The next, I would say, that's not necessarily big, but it is on my radar. I I, I am a, a Smash fan, uh, Smash Brothers. Uh, I, I enjoy that game. I don't really play my Nintendo Switch as much, mainly because I've been playing more games that I can stream. I think now that I've gotten a, a better concept of how to stream with the capture card and stuff like that that maybe i might play more nintendo games on stream like legend of zelda i think is the one The breath of the wild that i still still never beat because of um i've told the story a few times but it's kind of in the old episodes that might have dropped off so if anybody don't know the reason why i didn't beat breath of fire is because um i had got one of the first switches when they first released back in 2017 and um i think just a couple months in It just died. Like it wouldn't cut on or anything. And because they didn't have cloud saves at the time. Because you would pay the. I don't even think the $20 a year. For the online shit. And the cloud saves. That wasn't even out yet at the time. So because of that. You couldn't save data. Even to memory cards. And stuff like that. So. It died and I lost all that file. I was. I had beaten all four towers. And I think I was ready to go to the castle fight Ganon. And uh, I had to restart from the beginning, and I just, eh, I just didn't feel like getting back into it again. I think now is about time for me to do it, but I'm more so looking at a God of War replay before that. But you know, you never know. But the uh, tractor there for the Nintendo and the Smash is that as much as I've been a fan, especially growing up with Smash, it's been kind of off my radar. But I still, I still like it, and. News came out that Sora is going to be the new fighter for... And the last fighter, I believe. That's supposed to be it for all the DLC characters for Smash Bros. Now, the one thing I find... I say kind of interesting about it... Kingdom Hearts has been dormant for a long time. And then it just came out with three. Three and it's looking like Square Enix is kind of want to get back behind the series again. So, having him as a character in Smash is a good way to keep him in the zeitgeist as well as, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3 came out a few years ago, which came to mixed reviews. I I didn't care for it as much. Um I mean, I played it, I played it through. I beat everything with it. I think I think the gameplay of it the The fighting systems there for the RPG mechanics were—they uh, just weren't. In, I would say they were inspired. There was like a lot of ideas there, but they weren't a lot of good ways to implement them with enemies. Like it, it became just a button mash. Like you just button mash your way through doing all your attacks and everything and whatever. There wasn't as much, uh, you know, technicality to it like they were in the first two games that I remember. I mean, I still hold fighting Sephiroth on Kingdom Hearts is probably one of the hardest fights I think I've done. That is like, um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna frame it like this. It is like a um, a normal game, like, uh, like in your playthrough, as opposed to like, yeah, I'm doing a Soul Level 1 run with Dark Souls. And, you know, that, that is pretty challenging in and of itself, especially in some of the later bosses, especially the DLC bosses and stuff. But, you know I'm doing that to myself, and you know regular leveling and stuff. I don't think many of the bosses were really like that bad and not as bad as what Sephiroth was, and that's like leveling up to fight him. You're still gonna have a problem, so with a game like that, three really missed the mark, so I don't know like i think I think there's some some fans. I think a lot of fans who enjoyed the first two games and was waiting for the third one and then like fucking like 20 years later, they finally dropped it. They're kind of done with the series. And the third one, when it came out, I think some people like myself went and got it. And some people felt like, ugh. And me, I I don't hate it. There's some stuff there that like, yeah, I remember this. This is Kingdom Hearts. But they really dived away from the whole but Square Enix too, right? No, it was just like Disney. So, that was kind of something that was lacking with it and I don't know, I don't know if I'm be back for the next entry depending on what we see with trailers and all that kind of stuff. And then, on top of that, they're also working on the Final Fantasy 7 remake series which they sat on that for a while. And now that's finally we got the first, and that was good. That was actually really good. In fact, Kingdom Hearts should take that fighting mechanic system and implement it with Kingdom Hearts. It's really good. So i'm 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 ex- I'm curious to see how they lean, pushing it into Smash and stuff like that. Whoever's choice it was, however that shook down, that's still a lot of eyes. Uh, Smash is probably one of the biggest selling games on the Switch. I'd say it's got to be at least in the top ten. I'd say. So Sora being on there is definitely, you know, big for that series to keep in the limelight a bit and to keep on people's tongues to keep people talking about Kingdom Hearts and hopefully they can come out with another Kingdom Hearts, you know, sooner than later and keep and and do better and keep a momentum coming where Kingdom Hearts can be a viable franchise again. Where I think lately it's just been that thing that happened a long time ago a bunch of weird. Like I wouldn't even say offshoot portables because they weren't like they were actually porting to the story, but still portables that they have. So yeah, you know, to each his own. I don't know. It's um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see where that goes between that and Final Fantasy VII remake. So shout out Sora, last one. You in there now, buddy? And Smash. So um. We'll see how that uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll see what the series does so far, and uh, now that Smash is kind of done, um, you probably probably wouldn't even bet on seeing another Smash entry for the next, <laughs> for the rest of this generation. That'll be the Smash to hold everybody down. So, a lot of work went into that. I mean, it, that I don't care what you are, how you feel about fighting games, how you feel about that game as a fighting game or not. I'm not even speaking on it in that. But you got to appreciate the work that went into building that kind of fighter, like all the characters, putting all the music in, putting all these little things from all these different characters, from all these different franchises together in this one game and doing the work to to like give it justice, to give like good representations of these characters in the game. Yeah, it's a lot of work and love and it should be respected. So I don't know. Uh, I would be glad to see it. That was only a little bit I wanted to talk about with some things that were on, on top of my mind as far as the news goes. I don't really think there's anything else that really wanted to speak on about anything. On the Nerds Podcast, we did talk about the best game of all time. So shout out to Nerds. Uh, if you want to hear more from me, I was on there recently on the Nerds Podcast. You can check that latest episode out. I think it's still the latest one by the time this episode will release they might record to put a new one up I don't know we're also looking to do something along those lines with that in the future with um, them and some others so look forward to that alright so let's get to the crux of it let's talk about music and games and hopefully this time I will have another Mario song for you that plays through the yay So I figured this would be a fun thing to do since it's solo. I can have a little bit extra noise with me and just kind of have fun with this stuff as much as I want. And, um, I am interested with music and games and, and it's just like almost in some sense music and, um, movies and such. I mean, of course there's similarities in the idea that you use music as ways to help set tone and set in, um, an emotion or feeling that you can attach to the game uh, as well as just set for the environment you're in Eh, getting more in tone and stuff like that so I wanted to highlight a few things that I I remember seeing and certain things that stuck out to me about certain games I've played and the way music has played a role in it and uh, just kind of have a fun episode like that Um, you know when I was growing up I actually really didn't I didn't really do much on music and games um I had I used to have a double TV set up where I had um, a TV that, I don't know, actually, I might have bought both of them. I don't remember. When I was young, when I was like 12, 13, I started like working. I got a job selling cotton candy and shit like that. I want to say I was around that age, if memory serves. But it was all this under the table, cash only. But I mean, my dad would go with my dad and we'd sell cotton candy and these ice creams called Chills, and uh, I would make a pretty decent amount of money. You know, I could make anywhere from thirty to a hundred dollars a night, depending on how good we did. And at that age, having that money, I used to take that and buy some shit for video games. Hell yeah! Uh, and also, I didn't have cable. I've probably said that a couple times on here. So, like, gaming was just where it was at for me. But even without cable, I still enjoyed watching TV, like, you know, different things that were on, sometimes even just maybe a movie or something. So sometimes I do, I have a TV up, I had two TVs in my room, one was hooked up, and it would have a a TV, some generic TV show on maybe. Um, Sometimes I would get some old school shit, like about Costello and stuff like that, and play that. But I'd have something playing. Typically, I kind of liked comedy. And I would typically have it more as like a background noise. Sometimes it'd be reruns of stuff. It would be either, you know, stuff on TV or whatnot. Uh, It could be Simpsons. It could be, you know, whatever. And then i have a game I was playing on another TV. And so, like, I never really would dive in deep with the music and the game. It didn't really, whatever. But, I mean, there's still iconic songs and stuff like the Mario songs I just played earlier that like stuck out to me that like hit me in a way. Now I actually do spend more time playing the game in the music and the environment and stuff that that it's in. Um, and I know it's kind of weird because now it, it always seems more important to be able to hear sounds and noises of footsteps from different places and stuff. But I don't know. For me, when I was growing up, it didn't really make a big deal. I'd play shooters and stuff like that, and you know, we didn't really have online, so you were just playing computer AI. So you, for me, I would just learn the patterns and shit like that, and I knew what to expect when they expected you play it over and over again. I mean, if people are familiar with me playing on Twitch and stuff and see how I play, that might actually make sense to you the way that I I play. I pick up patterns and stuff I, I don't really even need to it's like i'm not I, for me i don't really look at the game sometimes as like this experience more so like a puzzle and like i'm just testing things out putting things in place and then like okay and then i do this thing and beat it and then on to the next so i guess with that music was a little lacking for me and so also this is just a discussion about just music and stuff like that that struck out to me and like the ways it's used that I've noticed. I'm not a professional on music. you could probably find somebody better to break down all the the musical like sounds and, and noises and the way that it was used to affect our illicit emotion. Uh, no, I can't do that. Uh, but um, recently though, yes, music has become more of a point for me and just getting into the game more. In fact, I've actually even enjoyed Putting headphones on with the game more so than just having it blast out the TV. Although sometimes that does isolate me from my family, so I don't always put the headphones on. That way, if my wife wants to talk to me while I'm shooting a zombie, I can do that. Especially if it's a game that I pe- uh, play for. And then sounds and stuff aren't really as important uh, for that. So, uh, anyways, that being said, now with now with the music and stuff... I will say this, back then, even though I wasn't as much into the music and stuff and games, there were certain games and music that I just, I remember. And I will say one, since we just got done talking about it, is Kingdom Hearts. When uh, you first start Kingdom Hearts, there's an opening scene. And they do this with every scene, every, uh, every game. There's a big opening scene. I don't know about the portables. I just know about you know these. And uh, you'll hear it, actually, as I'm speaking. I just popped it on. Um, where they had the same artist do it, which... Let me see if I can't pull that up, because I don't remember her name. Um, it's just terrible. Um, let's do... And you're going to hang with me in here. Arts, opening, song, artist. Ah, song? Not even prepared, right? U- Hikaru Utada Hikira. uh U-T-A-D-A is her first name. And H-I-K-A-R-U is her second name. She's a Japanese-American artist. And uh, I just remember hearing... this And then the opening cutscene with it was like. I don't know. I can't really explain it. Like, it, it set a tone. And the Kingdom Hearts opening cutscene, I'll say, was a lot of like falling in the water in darkness it's very strange but i still never forget this song Go ahead and cut that off. All right. And my headphones are coming a little weird, so I'm hoping in uh, post this doesn't sound as bad as what it does to me because some of it's sounding off. But it sounded correct when I originally downloaded it. So there you go. But she set the tone for Kingdom Hearts. And then even in the next one we have here, she was brought back for the second one here to give it – I don't... It's hard to say if she... I wouldn't... The songs are are pretty different. I, but Kingdom Hearts is such a confusing game. Like I couldn't even tell horror you horror if, like... It set the tone for the game. Like a and you knew what you were getting into when you heard the musical styles the of Japanese yours. Woman Whose Name I Cannot Speak. But... It definitely gave you the... The feelings inside, and I think the songs worked well with these opening cutscenes, and it's just fantastic to me. Like, it's it's a it's a a essential part of Kingdom Hearts to me is like this opening theme and music and stuff that a lot of games try and do something like this, but I think Kingdom Hearts nailed it. Where other games, I don't feel like they did. We'll go ahead and let this play a little bit. There's a new actually strongly suggest just even maybe just watching the little clip of um the actual opening and seeing how the game just like the edited scenes are cut against the music and see how that plays out to round it off we'll jump ahead because we can because we're actually in the future and this is the third one the last latest entry that was like 15 years later That is actually the Disney sparkle when the word Disney pops up on the screen. They can take your world. They can take your heart. Cut you loose from all you know. But if it's your fate, then every step forward will always be a step closer to home. I think one thing you could take away from each of these songs is on some levels where even that last one does kind of like pop a bit more. Um, They're all kind of in definitely in moments. Some, I think the first one is a little, has a little more pop to the step. It was that third one, but they're all including the second one. Very emotional ballads almost of like her singing, these very, like, it's almost like these, like, hard feelings or these, like, very torn feelings that she has about whatever the fuck she's singing about. And, uh, in relation to Kingdom Hearts, there is a bit of, like, who's Sora who's trying to find his friends and is lost and has Goofy and Donald with him to try and help save the friends he grew up with on his little island, planet, or whatever the fuck it is. And, um, it does kind of reverberate that. And if you watch a lot of the cutscenes, there's a lot of like falling of a lot of images of Sora with friends and then those friends disappearing and stuff like that. And I think that that torn feeling of losing friends and finding them and using, hey, having new friends to help you find other friends and stuff like that. Like, I think the music matches those kind of like themes. So... But, like, the first one is called Simple and Clean. And there's nothing simple or clean about Kingdom Hearts. So, definitely not simple. That story is a convoluted nightmare. Dumpster fire. So, good luck trying to figure that out if you want to jump in for more. But enough of Kingdom Hearts. I think we've done that. I think the next, we're going to go ahead and let me pull up my... YouTube playlist y'all and uh let's let's kick it up a notch. We've been all saddy sad, so let's do this here. Dad bless your eardrums out. I did turn that volume up kind of fast. That is the doom song I just kind of cut in that one moment there rip and tear and uh I also have this here not as heavy with the guitar doom definitely has some very good music when it comes to ripping and tearing demons and stuff the guitar riffs on that are fucking fantastic and it's like somebody put a comment up on one of the videos for the music of doom and um it was like, wow, this $60 musical album comes with a free game. This is different. Like, because that's what it is. Like, you're almost more there for the music than you're on the fucking game. But they blend so well together. This song, which I'm going to turn down a bit because it might be jumbled with some of the talking in it. But this is Devil May Cry. I believe Devil May Cry 3. Taste of Blood. This is some of the music that plays a lot of times when you're fighting enemies. <laughs> There you go. And uh, I'll exit out of that one too. Some of the more cranked up adrenaline fuel that comes with like your Dooms and your um, um, Devil May cries and some of the other action games. A lot of them, especially the ones that are demonic, metal, of course. They go the heavy hard rock route. Um, Spider-Man Miles Morales, I think, went more of the hip-hop route with some of their music and stuff like that that they've done so it kind of matches the environment that you're in as well as it's the type of music you'd want when you're fucking shit up um i'll also kind of bring this to the table if i can bring this up let's see if we can't find uh, if it loads up properly come on buddy Boom. There we go. Uh, I think this is a good one. Devon, get fucked up to this song. Ultimate Battlefield theme. That's the more popular place to play, too, where people want to do one-on-ones. It's a flat surface where you just you and the person. Because a lot of like when you play in hardcore Smash, Smash can be put into a party game. I'd say, and the reason being because you have a lot of items, you have a lot of things like that, that you could throw at people, and you could play with like eight people at a time, which is very unusual for a fighting game. And typically, it's one on one, but Smash also has the battlefield level. This is the music for the Battlefield level. And that level is when you and a player want to turn items off, turn all the bullshit off, and it's just you and a player fighting on the Battlefield one-on-one. I mean, that's I can see it's probably been very popular with a lot of Evo tournaments. I've seen it a few times, though. They, they do bounce around levels. They don't just pick that one. But that was the one I can't tell you how many times me and my buddies were like, fuck Battlefield, here we go, let's go and rock that stage because we're wanting to fuck each other up with that. Um, that's a really good one. I'll tell you another classic one. Let's see. Boom. Let's pop this one up here. Whoo. Such a perfect loop of just I want to take you for a ride. Never says anything different. But with Marvel versus Camcom, that whole fighting, you already know you're gonna get taken for a ride. Especially like where I played a lot of it in MVC three. And that game, you can take it for a ride. You get touched, your character could die in a combo. A long combo. And you're going to watch that combo happen for a while. And it's fitting that when you're picking your character, and two, this is the song that plays. It's just like a loop of this. I don't believe, memory serves, that it even says any of the lyrics other than this. And it shouldn't. It doesn't need to. That's all that's needed for that. Which is fucking great. Um... But that's some of my little fighting game picks. I mean, I didn't even get into Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. But again, I'm picking how I go, and doing what I want. Uh, one thing in games that I feel it's it's funny to me is like games that want to swell and give you this like epic feeling, like you're about to do something insane you know or like you're about to have this kind of like majestic experience and i'm going to go through a couple songs here that like the audio of people being used to make these like instrumental tracks in the sense of like the well let's just go ahead and do this one this is the first one Now, I'm referencing the. Oh, 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 that shit. Halo was big for it. It was like the opening theme when you crank up Halo. And one thing I noticed is this shit is prevalent in a lot of shit. Uh, here we'll have some Assassin's Creed. Not exactly sure where this is in the game. I was looking up some stuff and I came across this and it just made me think about it because I was thinking about Halo and this one does the same thing. Just wait for it. Here you go. This kind of like Humming of uh, this like you're about to do this adventure thing, and it's just like this kind of like majestic I I guess it's what they're going for You have that Now this one I find hilarious Let's go ahead and pick around at Dark Souls I wonder how many songs this is this is different tracks at different parts of the game in Dark Souls So you hear it there Next one. Starts off with it. I think the Gaping Dragon. They almost sound like they're chanting something. Then they go to it. three tracks from Dark Souls that at least start or very slowly into this the epic humming of whatever and look I'm poking at it but it actually does work like the songs of Dark Souls when you're fighting bosses and stuff and the way the music will swell at points and everything really puts you in the tone of that fight for sure and then I think you also have to appreciate though the balance of music right So, I'll put this one. This is all Dark Souls 1. That music you hear is such a, like a... uh, Because in Dark Souls, you're fighting, you're dying, but when you find Firelink Shrine or you find that area where you know nothing bad's gonna happen to you here, the music matching that like just giving you that sense of like calming peace where like the couple tracks before were boss fights that I did that I just played and you know those boss fights were oh, 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 it was, it was music's you know smashing is loud and it's like you know it's, it's there and uh, I think that it's a well use of music in, in the Souls games for sure you can go down the list of games and the way that they use that stuff is is fantastic just like a lot of them that one and i think the devil may cry one i feel like going back to it feels a little lackluster um i've always felt though that it it just kind of like it's a it's a weird audio track of that for the fighting and stuff i mean the the words and lyrics are like taste of blood and like all this kind of stuff and it, it could get in that mode but I don't ever feel like the volume's balanced properly. Like, as like when you play Doom and that music starts cranking, that guitar starts kicking in, they have a way of doing that while you're in the middle of a fight and it just cranks in on you and you're just, let's fucking go. Doom, especially Doom Eternal and Doom 2016, I think, do it so well in comparison to, like, like Devil May Cry, for instance. Like, I don't... I, you know, you never really hear or see a lot of people pointing to the music of Devil May Cry and being like, this is what I'm here for. Not the way you do Doom. Like I said, even the comments were praising it, saying you're paying $60 for the music instead of the fucking game, right? It was just a joke. One joke. I just thought it was funny. It was a good good comment. But uh, but it is kind of true. You I hear a couple people just praising the soundtrack for Doom. And so, like, it's very, very well done, especially if you're into that kind of heavier metal type of music. Um, but speaking on music and the way it's used, I don't know if many others do it better than horror games Horror games, I feel like the music in survival horror is of most importance, like Mario, you can play without a soundtrack, right? I mean it's good to have songs are iconic great action shooters yes like i was just explaining with doom it's fucking great you know it it can get you pumped get your blood running you know but a lot of that can also just happen with the intense fight that you're happening i don't know how much the music music enhances the experience i don't think it's necessary to the experience i think music sounds those things like that for survival horror are necessary for the experience. I don't know it's just not gonna be the same game and it's interesting it's interesting what some of the music there does um like for' and cause it's not always just it's not just musical scores a lot of times and um and honestly you can you can really miss the mark. But like this is um, It's a silent hill And one thing you'll notice with this one It's not really a song right But it's this dread That it's eliciting out of it Just somebody like smashing a piano Is almost what it sounds like Just hitting some keys And just kind of like Humming Sound along with it, given that kind of like dark, dreading vibe. Now, this is not something I think, and there might be some psychos out there who are like going to bed to this. Great, be careful of those people, I would say. I will definitely be careful of those people for sure. But, uh, it's not really great music in that sense, right? It, it's not designed for that. It's designed to like put you in this moment and give you a feeling to attach to the environment that you're in that uh, I think very important um, somehow Resident Evil tried and uh, they, I think it's nominated Worst Video Game Music it sounds like a sad circus like a clown coming out, but they just fucked up his music. And this is just gonna be a terrible act for everybody to watch. Some weird trumpet work. And you can actually find a lot of articles and video analysis of that song. It's kind of been crowned one of the worst video game musics of all. And like, can you imagine trying to do your horror game to that as opposed to something like the Silent Hill? I feel like, you know, again, both of them are not necessarily music, and I feel like that song was trying to be something like the Silent Hill song I played was, right? And that's a director's cut of Resident Evil. It's, I don't believe that's actually in the original version of Resident Evil, but it, um, it's a very strange music choice to do. And to top off Strange, this is also from Resident Evil. Yeah, very strange indeed, and of course that's actually like your victory song. But even in a game that's kind of a darker, evil game, I feel like that's such a such a hard shift into a happy tone for an ending that, technically speaking, may not even be that happy of an ending. Because in the first Resident Evil, when you beat that game, there are a couple different uh, outcomes where either you know you can fly off, and Jill and Chris and uh. I think Rebecca are all together flying out of the, man, flying out of the yeah, the mansion or like you can actually not save Chris or not save Jill, depending on who you're playing as. And so they're left in the mansion when it blows up. Um, so then you're losing a partner, but you're flying off to that music. I don't know. Very strange, um, very strange choices in music, especially in some of these older games. I would say resident evil is definitely, um, Nailed it more often than than not, but this is just some examples of, like, where it didn't. So I'm pulling up here the Resident Evil 2 remake. Let's hear some of their soundtrack. This is Raccoon City. Oops. Oops. Definitely much better. Let's see, RPD Hall. See that. Definitely some redemption there for Resident Evil Two. This, I would say, as much as music is is good and important, the other thing horror I think does is the use of silence. When nothing happens, when you're in an area and you have the music, it does set one certain tone. And then, when the music all of a sudden drops, a lot of times that tells you, "Oh shit, something is going to happen, or like and I think Resident Evil did this fairly well is uh when you're um when you go in the first game and you go outside, there's a portion when you get out of the mansion, you're hearing these noises. No music is dropped out. And you're just out there hearing the dogs howl and, like, the little chirping of crickets or whatever. So, and it's also, like, you hear the footsteps as you're walking. And it sets a different tone in the area that you're going into. And so, like, in some of those examples there, I do think that, like... Your horror games and stuff Very much so Encompass a good range of Songs Mostly though I don't think it should probably be You know As happy as this shit From Resident Evil I don't know where this came from Even as a victory song I feel like it's weird Nor if you're kind of going for dread And terror Should you probably do Trumpet noises like this But You can definitely not do music, but do unsettling sounds that kind of work together and create that dread, you know, to just bring it full circle like this. This is Silent Hill 2. So I will say that, you know, it could be very interesting what music can bring to the table here as far as games go. And, like, there's a lot of different roles that they play. And I am uh, definitely glad that, I don't know what I was doing as a child, but I have definitely moved forward from that and uh, have gotten into enjoying these musical tones. And, I mean, hell, I didn't even really play a lot of the Final Fantasy VII stuff, or I say seven, even just Final Fantasy in general. The music that they have, that they play, you know i think it all kind of gets encompassed to some of the other stuff i did as far as like epic swelling to uh you know even some moments of like dread and terror and, and i will play one that i think does hee, <laughs> hold on this is probably one of the more famous ones Giving you a sense of dread, uh, terror, but not of a like, like horrific, but more of a like this badass. It's like this is like an iconic song re- introducing Sephiroth, and it's probably been played and played out more than it can, you know. Um, but I still would say you gotta show this, it's like one of the this songs. Just when you hear that and you see Sephiroth come out, it's... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. But it's, it's good. And I want to say they also do the... <coughs> this kind of humming nature, as you will. And it does kind of blend, like, the action, the bombastic noises, as well as these kind of, like quick hit like that give you that kind of like dreadful but exciting mix and there goes the voices so and we'll go ahead and kill that one now I will share my personal my personal favorite I think this is some of my favorite stuff and um brings me back to my childhood in fact i'm gonna let this play for a minute y'all can enjoy this chrono cross Something I played as a kid and um, thoroughly enjoyed. Hey, all right. Um, Chrono Cross. That's the shit. Uh, that's what I personally enjoy. I have a lot of fond memories of that. Um, I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I do. It has a has a lot of fond memories to it. Um, uh, me and my brother used to play the shit out of it. I remember a summer my mom used to make us go outside and walk because we'd be at home and playing games, and we would walk and just talk Chrono Cross all fucking day and um, you know Chrono Trigger gets hailed as one of the best RPGs and it's definitely good in, in all it's own rights for sure but Chrono Trig- Chrono I'm sorry Chrono Trigger is the one that I might have said that wrong Chrono Trigger is the one that gets hailed as one of the best RPGs of you know all time or at least up in those discussions And uh, but Chrono Cross for me just hit that right spot and it just it stuck with the the timing of everything and the music in it I think is pretty great Um, Looking back, you know, at this episode and and talking music, uh, Mr. DJ Sammy Savage is gonna have to, I think we're bowing out here, but a few final thoughts, just on music and games, you know, I highlighted certain things about, like, the beginning of games, I think is kind of important, you know, because if you look at the statistics, in fact, I shared one with a group that I'm in, Shout Out to the Nerds, Wasteland Batman, Twitch streamers all around, Um I shared a thing about Dark Souls... Or Demon Souls... That... There was like 30%... Of people have not beaten the first boss. So... When you look at something like that... And also when you look at the statistics of just... Because you can see based on trophy achievement data... Like how many people are actually beating these games through? Most people barely get through half a game. Eh, I say most i would say maybe 40 30 40% of people don't even finish the games that they, they get so a lot of their experience is all in the front end so like things like the kingdom hearts when you have like these you know grand emotional songs that you can be hip in some places and you know bring these emotional feelings in others and uh, and all it, it could be very important because it's what you have to captivate your audience in the beginning to get it interested in what the story is and then, of course, you got gameplay and stuff like that to carry the load of keeping people involved and into it as it as it progresses. Um, that one just stuck out to me as something that spoke out pretty loud to me before that I don't think it did as much. Uh, and in other games, I don't feel like I've ever walked away from an intro scene that really, you know, kind of had that kind of feeling in that song. No, not all those songs, actually, I think are pretty f- fantastic. So, um the way a game intros can can definitely be very important to how somebody attaches themselves to it and, and gets to play because playing a game in and of itself is an investment. It's a big time investment and because um, it's not just a movie. And in a movie you can crush in an hour or two hours how long it is and you know you get this kind of story told to you. A game is more of about the experience. And I think That's going to play a bigger topic discussion on the next episode I'm doing, uh, as you'll find out when it comes out. But um, I think that with games, with it being that experience as it is, it's sometimes even more important where where film, yeah, they use background music and songs to help transition things along. But like with a game, you kind of got to sit in it. You're experiencing the world. And having the right music to kind of bring all those things together i think is very important even vital so um some of the music that we played here i think it's it's you find some really good shit because it it almost has to be in certain cases right to really help bring that together now that not all games are these like their own music and their own themes and stuff like I'll point to one that gets, in fact, I think Patrick talked about it in one previous episode that we did about Grand Theft Auto. Uh, I think he said it was Vice City. Now, yeah, I don't really play much of the Grand Theft Autos, but there. Um, I was reading this in the book as well, in Patrick's book about it on the podcast, that there's uh, talking about the beginning of Grand Theft Auto, and, and when they did that game, I believe it's Vice City, the radio stations of that game, are fucking out of this world! Like uh, from what and the the writer of that game actually had roots working with I think a record label in the UK, if I'm not mistaken, from what I've been reading. So he definitely had a, a finger on the the music pulse, as you can say. And um, no wonder that he took a lot of time to build into like a real like radio station, because the whole thing of Grand Theft Auto was building this kind of you know, it, I wouldn't, I don't really want to call it realistic, but definitely I would say at the time, kind of, right, where you can walk around the streets, go to different places, do shit, and of course it's a hyper-realism, like it, it's it's to the point of almost fantasy in, in some instances where, you know, you run around beating up you know, hookers or random people just jacking people's cars and taking them and going. But, you know, you can get in the car and listen to a radio station and chill, you know, or something like that. You can kind of live through the game and and do things that you can't necessarily do in the real world, which, uh, but you're in a setting that feels more like the real world, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. You know, as opposed to most games where you're in these kind of more fantasy elements, these fantastical landscapes that... You know, they're not like a city block where you can go down the street and go into the gym or something like that.
1: You know, whatever.
0: So um, that's also, I think, a pretty interesting way of doing it too. I would imagine very expensive if you have to get the rights to use a lot of those those songs and things like that. Uh, that could be pretty problematic. But I know I've heard that that is almost like kind of a legendary status of like this radio because I think there was even like talk stations too like so it wasn't just music it was actually like people talking and shit like that as well that was exclusively done for the game from my understanding um which is fascinating you know it's also interesting that spider-man did something like that too where you had j jonah jameson's podcast that you can listen to while swinging around the city you know embracing the rise hell even the the creator um, I don't want to say creator let me walk that back the CEO of Insomniac who created the Spider-Man game um he has his own podcast now where he talks to other game developers and they discuss the industry making games and it's his way of learning more about his own industry and how other people tackle problems and solutions it's not a bad little podcast. I think it's like the Game Maker's Notebook, I think is what it's called. If you just look up, uh, I think his name's Ted Price, if I'm not mistaken, the head of, of Insomniac. Uh, if you just look that up, it should be easy enough to find. Um, but that one is pretty interesting because it's very in the industry with somebody of the industry. And he's super into podcasts, so I'm not surprised that he went ahead and like created like a J. Jonah Jameson podcast for the games world, and you can actually listen to like little short snippet episodes of of Jay Jonah going in on Spider Man, going in on conspiracy shit in that world, which I think played really well with the game. Again, certain facets that aren't even necessarily music, but definitely in that kind of like vein. Because it does build into being immersed into the world. Where you're listening to podcasts in the world. And I thought that was a pretty interesting way of doing it too. Um, as far as uh, RPGs go. Um, I know I didn't get too far down the rabbit hole. I played some Sephiroth stuff. You know, like He's probably one of the most legendary villains in RPG games. Period. He's at least in the top 5. Uh, top 10 maybe definitely i would think more like top five um in many lists around if you're talking rpg j- especially jrpg games villains of that and the music that accompanies him is definitely i think part of that as well it's a iconic song but rpgs in and of itself um do some interesting things with music they're known well for their music and um they can definitely bring to life bits and pieces of the world that you're in, especially some of these older games where it was hard to really even kind of tell in certain areas that you're in, like, you know, but, you know, the graphics aren't that great and blocky, and so certain details and stuff you're not going to be able to really encapsulate, but with with the musical accompaniment, you can still kind of get somebody into that point of immersion, um, which is... But DJ Sammy Savage bows out. Um, last part of the episode, I'm going to go ahead and talk a bit about what I've been playing. But if y'all are want to shout out um, Who's Next GE, uh, Facebook, Instagram, whenever they're not broken, you can go there. And uh, I'm over there. I'm also on Twitter. It just doesn't break, apparently. And um, Sammy Savage, at Sammy Savage, Who's Next GE, something like that. You can find it there as well. And if you want to give a shout out some of the songs and music from video games that you look fondly of, things that I missed, you know, certain points. Look, I'm doing this episode solo, and I'm really talking off the cuff, out of my ass. Just pulling up songs, just pulling up on the go. Some of it, some of it I had planned out. Some of it I didn't. It just came to me while I was talking. So uh, if you want to chime in, shoot me, uh, shoot me an email, shoot me a message on uh, the social medias. And I'd be glad to kind of bring this up again or maybe even like play a little bit of it and talk about it myself on the podcast. So give it a shout. Um, But what I've been playing, what's in my system. um, So I did another replay of RE2 Remake, which was good. Um, And I did find it interesting playing through. The original way I played RE2 Remake was Claire A., Leon B this time I'm doing Leon A and I'll do Claire B but I did Leon A first and his Leon A played a lot similar to Claire's A because at first I was wondering if it's just the characters because and some of it is because it is also a little different when you play with Leon B Mr. X definitely came much sooner and much quicker to antagonize you as you're going through the police department. He definitely came much later in my Leon A playthrough. But you still kind of end up having to fight Mr. X as one of your, like, final bosses, where Claire does not end up. In fact, he actually gets murdered earlier on by, I think, the the main scientist. who's uh, The G-Virus. Uh, I forget what the fuck his name is right now. But, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. It's different. Is um... So there is some small differences, not only just playing A and B, but even flipping it. You still get some more differences. 80% to 90% still the same fucking game, but there are some small, subtle differences, and even like different boss fights but that you, that you can do. So I'm looking forward to doing Claire B. I wonder if Mr. X is going to come in much sooner on that playthrough than what he did initially. That definitely makes the game a little harder to deal with, with Mr. X stomping around so early. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, uh, I went and I did another playthrough of that. I've, uh, I talked a little bit. I don't think I've really gotten much farther or different on Ghost of Tsushima. I think that was one of the last ones I talked about when I was talking with, uh, Nana shout out to blurts us, uh, for joining me on the sports episode where we talked about sports and gaming. Um, so I haven't really done much more. I don't really have much more to say on that. The biggest thing I've been doing, I think as of recent, is because it's October. I'm starting my, my horror kick. I was part of the Resident Evil playthrough. And um, I'm gonna, I'm playing through Silent Hill too. Uh, i streaming that. You can check it out. Sammy Savage 88. Uh, TV slash Sammy Savage 88. I guess is how it would word it. And um, it's interesting. It... it, it there's some parts of it that do remind me of when I played The Evil Within. Of course, Silent Hill 2 came out first, so I would say The Evil Within maybe took inspiration from that because um, The Evil Within, uh, Shinji Mikami, I think is his name. I could be misremembering that, but is one of the creators, the creative minds behind the uh, Resident Evil franchise. He made The Evil Within, but The Evil Within does not really play. Like Resident Evil games. I know some people say that. I think I've even heard some people try and relate it to 4. But atmospherically. I would say no. I would say though that. You do get more weapons. But I do feel like you are a bit more. Powerless in the first evil within. The second one definitely feels more Resident Evil. And you definitely feel more powerful and and like you could do more things. The first one, I don't feel like it was as much so. And I feel like it feels more like Silent Hill. Silent Hill 2 definitely has... The atmosphere of that game is very dark and, you know, dreadful. And when you're going through this fog city... I would say touching back on music and noise which I mentioned Silent Hill earlier playing that like the music I played with the uh the piano smashing and stuff like there are elements of that and then you get this radio and the radio starts playing at uh whenever you're nearby enemies but that can lead to this like soundtrack on top of this like radio screeching when you're near an enemy on top of the enemy making these weird noises that can just produce an anxiety in a way of like all of this shit is kind of happening it can kind of leave you a little scattered trying to focus in on what you're supposed to do it's it's interesting the the way that they built into it like that um The biggest problem I have is, like, tank controls. When I went back and played Resident Evil 1, the remake, they had tank controls and, uh, you know, set cameras and stuff. This one, see, well, what what, one remake did was they set the camera. You'd go in an area, and it'd be like, boom, this one shot. This you can walk back and forth on. And then, boom, once you hit to a different part of either that same area or into another room you get a different shot of like where you're going. You can't really control the camera. And Silent Hill 2, you you can. You can hit the left trigger button and the camera will automatically start moving behind him. But it will, when you move into different rooms or different things, it'll adjust to a certain point. And a lot of times it's very problematic. On top of that, the tank controls are rough. I don't remember like, the reason why I'm bringing Resident Evil 1 Remake up is I don't remember having that much of a hard time with it. But with Silent Hill 2, there are things that, like when I had to fight Pyramid Head, I you know that was really just a running back and forth. It was a silly boss fight until the uh, the siren blast. Uh, but like the controls of that really make that difficult, where you're running into walls, trying to run around, and we've talked about it. And there's people with the argument that well. Yeah, tank controls are built like that, you know, to give you that sense of dread. You you, you know, if you're terrified, you would kind of be like not really walking around proper or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And I don't know, I just feel like it's bullshit. I, I i I hate that I know exactly what I want to do. But because the controls are the way that they are, trying to attack enemies and stuff can be a chore. You accidentally click over to the wrong person. You hit aimlessly. There was one where I'm sitting there just repeating this. And with the Silent Hill, the enemies take so much to go down. And a lot of it you have to do with melee weapons. Because you don't get a ton of weapons. The reason why I was bringing up Evil Within in the same sense is like you don't really get a ton of weapons and ammo and stuff like that. Like what my playthrough of Evil Within was kind of like the first one. Where Resident Evil, you kind of get a healthy amount, and it feels more actiony of a game, especially later on in the series, much more action game. In um, Silent Hill, though, it definitely feels more of a survival horror, which is cool. And um, you know, I don't need the rocket launcher or different versions of guns or whatever the case is. Like you, I just get a pistol and a shotgun, and you have some pipes that you can use to fend off. I'm halfway through the game, and the best weapon I got is a shotgun. So um and you're not getting much ammo for it as you go. So all that is is cool. Um but um using this stuff in a way that at least feels like you have more control, like that that's kind of what I'd rather. Um and I'm not getting that and it's it's silly mistakes that I get get killed over. And uh, some of it just has to do with the wonky control system. It is what it is. Uh, I don't really know what to say about it other than that. Um, I do see why this, you know, I've played it before and I remember liking it, but I don't really remember much about it. Like playing this again, I'm starting to remember some stuff, but, you know, it's almost like replaying a new game and it's, It's fun. Like, there's a lot of pieces of this that are great. The level designs of, like, the apartment and, like, the hospital in particular is definitely, you know, kind of fun. Now, the designs are, I say the level designs, the look and feel of them, the the enemies inside them, and, and the way that they, like, put you in hallways, these tight quarters to try and get around. Like, I see what they're doing. But it can also almost be a repetitive level. Where in the apartment and in the hospital, the basis of these levels are you're in a hallway and it's filled with enemies to fight. Not really much different. And a lot of them are very similar enemies: mannequins that swing their feet at you, uh, people in I think I think they're supposed to be people in the uh, straitjackets that spit at you and are like you know trying to attack you. Um, And then people like the nurses and stuff have like axes or some shit like that that that, that come and uh, attack you and stuff in the hospital. But they're all just people walking around attacking you. Uh, the apartment did have giant roaches uh, where I feel like one thing that's interesting with Resident Evil is that they're, they can use that T-virus as a way of making a bunch of different kinds of enemies that are, that are a little more unique to have to deal with. Um, so far with Silent Hill is very basic, um, similar type, even Pyramid Head is just a guy with a sword coming at you. Like, it's still a very similar tone of, like, enemy to deal with, um, so that that, that could be some things I would say mark against it, but the puzzles are way more intricate, and I'm doing it on hard mode, so hard on the enemies and hard on the puzzles, and the puzzle's definitely difficult. One, w- one almost broke me. It kind of did. And yeah, You kind of got to say it did. And I went to go look it up. And um, cause it did. Uh, the reason why I put the kind of in there is because I didn't get an answer for it when I looked it up. I realized that I just, oh, I just have to play more of the game to find this answer because I thought, I had all the information there. It was the uh when you have the box in the hospital and all the different like there's like four different things you got to do to unlock it. There's two different codes and two different keys you need to open up a box that has a piece of hair in it. So one of the last codes, I didn't realize oh, you got to activate something on the rooftop. Cuz like even when I knew the code in advance cuz I died and I went and replayed it again, I said, "Oh, let me just jump over here and enter the code in early." You can't do that. You enter in the code and it just doesn't work until you do the rooftop sequence and then you can go back and enter the same code and all of a sudden it works. It's just, yeah, that's kind of silly. Yeah, that's one of the things like in 2 Remake I've been playing through and it's like if you know the passwords ahead of time, you can just enter them in. Like you don't have to go. Like there's one where in 2 Remake you're in the laboratory and you've got to find passwords to set off this kind of um, liquid stuff uh, that'll come out and kill a lot of the plant life to let you get around this area. Well, if you have the password, you can open up the hatch to get down to a lower area and you can uh, open up uh, another door or something like that that'll help you move forward with whatever laboratory thing you gotta do. The password for one of them, you had to open the hatch, go down the hatch, and find a trophy that has the password on the bottom of the trophy. In Silent Hill, they would make you go get that trophy, even if you knew the password. You still got to get the trophy first, and then you can enter it in. In Resident Evil, you could just enter it in early. and When you find that trophy, you can pick it up, and it'll say, oh, you could discard it. Like It'll already be with the red check mark to discard it. Because, well, you already you already knew it. You figured it, you know, you did it. So I, I kind of like that. I wish that Silent Hill would adopt that. But it's an older game, so I guess it had to go by the systematic approach to get things done. Uh, again, you kind of got to give leniency to older games because they didn't want to work in this, with as much stuff, the smaller teams and all that kind of shit. So... Um, overall though it's still a strong entry still a great game I mean I'm not trying to say anything bad against it I think it's fantastic um, but I do have, it does it, the age of the game is is worn on it and back to what I talked about earlier in the episode with them doing remakes if they're remaking the Silent Hill series I'm very curious on how they're going to do it are they going to try to embrace a third person over the shoulder like Resident Evil did and follow through with that groundbreaking, you know, way of doing it like four because I haven't followed the, the Silent Hill series. So I don't know if the later games three downpour, I think is one and whatever other ones, if they've gotten away from the tank controls or if that's a staple of the series through it all, because if it's a staple, do you still do it? Cause I mean, the tank controls actually aren't the worst, and I'm, I'm complaining saying tank controls are bad, but it's not just tank controls. It's also like, it's also like the the way the game ha- the game does have a certain like lock on system where if you have a gun or something and an enemy's coming up to you, you gotta hold the right trigger to put him in like basically a fight mode stance. Whether it's to hold the gun in a position where you can shoot it or hold his stick or whatever in a position where he's about to hit. And to hold that, he gets ready and you can see where he kinda locks on. Like there's there's one boss area that you do in the hospital where you're fighting these like I guess these patients in beds that are hanging from a ceiling. So you actually gotta aim up. But you can't aim. So when you hold the right trigger, when the enemy's close enough, he auto looks up, auto aims shoots well that also could be problematic when you have multiple enemies especially in these small hallways and if you're trying to shoot one and you automatically click over to another one because it's just kind of sensitive the enemies are close if you tap it over you know blah 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 so like if they're going to hold the tank controls i'm hoping that they fix a lot of or have some better method and way of aiming i kind of don't think they will stick the tank controls though so i'm curious how this game, Silent Hill, if they ever remake it, will actually be and look like. Because uh, I definitely think it could use some fixing in that aspect. Um, but overall, as a game, just as like, you know, the designs, the the concept of being in this like ghost town. This hole full of fog. And all these enemies and stuff. And there are all these kind of manifestations of James for you know people who don't know at least with Silent Hill 2 I mean there's theories about what the game actually is or how you know what it's about like in the hospital they seem to be hallucinations the doctors are talking about the patients hallucinating in ways that basically your character is hallucinating but it also could be the afterlife maybe because the character gets a letter from his dead wife to come there, and he comes down, and the things that's happening is almost like his... And especially when you find out more about who the guy you're playing as is, it almost feels like a certain like kind of a punishment, like he's in a version of hell, and it's Silent Hill, and it's like his punishment for the way he was with his wife at the end of her life. So who knows? Uh, as I play more of it, I'll, I'll learn. I haven't really tried to look too far into it, because... If I don't remember, then cool. I can kind of re-experience some of this stuff again, and that'll be awesome. Um, And I'll probably play more of the Silent Hill series as we progress through October. So you can look forward to that, and excuse my yawning. My apologies. So, but yeah, Silent Hill 2's been the big one. Um, And I'm kind of excited to get back into the Metal Gear series as well, Metal Gear Solid. So uh, I'll probably be doing and streaming that a good bit as well. Um, But anyways... I hope you enjoyed this solo episode of mine. And I hope it recorded good. We'll find out. Uh, you can always check me out who's next. Um, podcast, you're already here. Just so you know, I have the guys coming over. But Renee is going to be a no show for next episode. Sorry. But uh, Jerome and Patrick will be there. And we're going to be talking up some movie shit. Movies and comics, but probably mostly movies. And, um... And I will have another gaming episode and hopefully I'm getting better in a little schedule. But I will have guests coming on and we'll see whenever Kevin can actually start coming back again. Uh in the meantime, y'all enjoy. Check out Nerds the podcast. Um uh, they always got great stuff and I was on their most recent episode. Uh check out Nerd uh R Us, excuse me. Um uh, Nana over there join me with the sports, so shout him out again. And if you want to Twitch stream, watch some stream stuff. And uh, you don't feel like watching my dumb ass, you can always watch Wasteland Batman. He's the man with the beard. The amazing beard. Just I just cut his beard off and stuff it in a pillowcase and use it as a fluffy pillow. It'll probably be amazing. Uh, he'll be upset because he lost his glorious beard. But my head will finally find peace. So that might happen. Uh, shout out to him and watch him on his Twitch stream. And also, Nerds, the podcast has a Twitch stream as well. Jesse's on there pretty frequently. And you can also catch Mr. Aaron, uh, jean levin Damila. And um, check him out over there as well. All right. Uh, and also, shout out to my guys, the Longbox guys. Uh, if you really want to hear some comic talk, go check those guys out. They're, the, they're, the, they're where, where it's at if you want to know about comics. So, I am out of here. Peace.